0: Jesus we love you. Jesus we honor you. Won't you come and fail? Today we look at the third part of this important subject of how to be refreshed and stay fresh in Christ. And we've covered how we can refresh others, some of the things the scriptures tell us. Wish I could make it more comprehensive, but time doesn't allow that, but Today we just look at how we can refresh ourselves if others aren't refreshing us. And to some degree we started that in the last little part of the last message, but I just want to pick up and read again from the book of Philemon and pick up in verse 7 again uh, where Paul writes to this young man and says to him, Your love has given me great joy and encouragement because you, brother, have refreshed the hearts of the saints. And he says in the 20th verse... I do wish, brother, that I may have some benefit from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in Christ. Confident of your obedience, I write to you knowing that you will do even more than I ask. So how do we refresh ourselves? How can we keep ourselves fresh? Remember, please, can't can't over-emphasize this, that refreshing comes from God and not from anything else really. God's the source, but He uses people situation, circumstances, His Word, etc. they the channel by which the Holy Spirit takes what God has for us and makes it real in our lives. And He refreshes us by His Word, through His Word. You'll remember what we read in Psalm, the first Psalm, Psalm 1, and uh, the first three verses that I'm just trying to turn in my Bible to and I'm hoping you will again too, even though I think if I remember rightly we did touch this In the last uh, message, but he says, This blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, or stand in the way of sinners, or sit in the seat of mockers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. So, those of us who meditate upon the word of God, delight ourselves in God's word. The Word of God says in the third verse, He is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and I love it, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever He does prospers. So God refreshes us through His Word. Now, closely linked to that, He refreshes us through His Word by His Spirit, in other words, His presence. As we wait quietly upon Him, we spend time with Him, looking to Him and Him alone, giving Him time to impart to us what He wants to do. Just like, remember, in, Jesus said to the disciples, tarry in Jerusalem or wait in Jerusalem until you receive power. Now, we don't have to wait, but sometimes we do have to wait, if that makes sense to you, in that God wants to deal with some things in our hearts, and we need to give Him some time just to impart to us what He wants to in refreshing. So when we go to His Word... I want us to, to look at a few of the, the promises that are in the, the word related to refreshing. But it's not enough to know that there are these promises. We've got to claim them for ourselves. We've got to stand upon them. We've got to confess what God says. We've got to be in agreement with God, with what God says. And we've got to live in obedience to God. You, you can't stand upon God's promises if you're not living in obedience to what the word of God says. Uh, We'll come back to that in a moment, but let me read Jeremiah 31, verse 25. God says this, I, that's God, will refresh the weary, and I, God, will satisfy the faint. In Psalm 23, verses 1 through to 3, uh, it says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And then he makes us to lie down in green pastures. He leads us beside the still water. He, uh, He refreshes my soul. Psalm 68 verse 9 says, You give abundant showers, O God. You refreshed your weary inheritance. You could look at Jeremiah chapter 17. Maybe we will read that together quickly. Jeremiah 17 and uh, pick up verses 7 and 8. And he says this in verse 7. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord whose confidence is in Him. The man who trusts the Lord, faith, whose confidence is in Him. You've got to be confident that God is the rewarder of them that seek Him. He will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its root by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worry in its year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. So in other words, it's talking about God, no matter what we're going through, when we trust Him, we delight in Him, our confidence is in Him, and our roots then go down into the water. And when the heat comes, the leaves stay green. Uh, when, the year, when the drought comes, it never fails to bear fruit. So these are all promises of God's refreshing. That refreshing comes from Him. In Hosea the 14th chapter, and verse 5, He says, and this is a beautiful little, just four words, I think is or five words. I will be like dew. Dew is refreshing first thing in the morning. You go out without shoes on, you walk on the grass. You look at the, the drops of dew on the, on the leaves and you feel that on you. It's just so refreshing each day as the sun just glistens. Anyway, we, we'll move on. I hope you get the picture there. And it's by His Spirit, His presence. God, as we draw near to him, he draws near to us. James chapter 4, verse 8 says this: draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. In the book of Hebrews, also, in the tenth chapter, and I'm going to read just three verses in Hebrews chapter 10, um, verses 19 through to 22. Maybe if you would just look at that with me. I hope you are looking at the word of God with me. This is what God's word says. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence. This word confidence just keeps coming up. This is faith in God, to be confident that what God has promised God will do, what God has promised he is able to do, what God has promised he is willing to do. You know, there's that beautiful uh, promise that God gives us in, in, in 1 John where he says, and, 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 we, and this is a confidence we have in him, that if we hear, ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Now, if it's in his will, it's in his word. If it's in his word, it's in his will. And and this gives us confidence that we know he hears us. Now, God hears what I'm saying now. Every prayer you pray, God can hear. He can't always give you what you want. He wants the best for you. But if he hears us, the Bible says in 1 John, in that, that scripture, chapter 5, if we hear, you he know that he hears us, we know that we have the petition that we desired of Therefore, Brothers, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way open for us through the curtain, that is his body, and since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with sincere heart, with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith. Having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who has promised is faithful and let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. And so it goes on. Um, Just these beautiful verses by his spirit, his presence. As we draw near to him, he draws near to us. We have access right into the very throne room. He's there for us. We're coming in on the grounds of what Jesus has done, not our own righteousness, our own failures, or our own successes, just because of Jesus. So by his Spirit. John chapter 7, you'll remember, and Job chapter 4, he talks about springs of living water, wells of water, springing up within us, living water. Water refreshes. And it's by faith. John chapter 6, verse 35, he tells us, He who believes in me will never be thirsty. He says similar things in Isaiah 44, verses 3 and 4. Ezekiel 47, that wonderful uh, passage. I think actually I'm going to turn to Ezekiel 47 and just ask you to read just a few verses. This is the river coming out from under the temple, under the throne room of God. It says, The man brought me back to the entrance of the temple And I saw water coming out from under the threshold of the temple towards the east, for the temple faced east. The water was coming down from under the south side of the temple, south of the altar. He then brought me through to the north gate, out through the the north gate, and led me around the outside to the outer gates facing east, and the water was flowing from the south side. As the man went eastward with a measuring line in his hand, he measured off. A 1,000 cubits, and then he led me through water that was ankle-deep. This is beautiful. It's ankle-deep. Now watch how it go. He measured off another 1,000 cubits, and he led me through water that was knee-deep, from ankle to knee. He measured off another 1,000 and led me through water that was up to my waist. He measured off another 1,000, but now it was a river that I could not cross because the water has risen and was deep enough to swim in, a river that had, that no one could cross, where you're not in control, God's in control. You're being taken along by the river, the Spirit of God. He's leading us, He's guiding us, He's taking us on. And then it says this. I'm going to just skip a few verses and go to where it says, when it empties into the sea, it enters into the sea, that is the Dead Sea. When it empties into the sea, the water becomes fresh. So the Spirit of God lives in us. But as we wait on God and as the Spirit of God draws near and as we allow the Spirit to work into us and we get taken and carried along by the Spirit of God, we don't only go deeper into him, but whatever is inside of us becomes refreshed. If it's getting a little salty, a little, you know, distasteful, whatever, it just refreshes us. And then it goes on and says, When it empties into the sea, the water becomes fresh. Swarms of living creature will live wherever the river flows. So there's going to be fruitfulness. There will be large numbers of fish because this water flows there and makes the salt water fresh. So where the river flows, everything will live. He just imparts a life to us. And you could go on reading there, but let me just go down. Verse 11 says, but the swamps and marshes will not become fresh. They will be left for salt. If we don't let the Spirit of God flow in, it just becomes like a marsh inside of us in a swamp. Fruit trees of all kinds will grow on both banks of the river. Their leaves will not wither, nor will their fruit fail. Every month they will bear, because the water from the sanctuary flows to them. Their fruit will serve for food and their leaves for healing. So it's by his spirit, his presence, we go to God, he uses his word, the spirit of God takes a hold of us, he he parts to us and blesses us and refreshes us. So that's the first part, by his word, presence, spirit. The, The next little part of how we can keep refreshed is that if we sin, just learn to repent quickly, not to cover it up, just to say, God, like David did, Lord, against you and you alone have I sinned. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. Joy brings refreshing. So turn to him like Acts 3.19 says. And uh, Psalm 30 verse 11 says this. He turned my mourning into dancing. So he turns guilt into peace and freedom, recovery, restoration, refreshing. Just turn to God in repentance every time. Repentance refreshes Unconfessed sin just drains us and, and makes us weak and faint and we need refreshing. We can refresh ourselves also when others don't. By looking at what Paul said to Philemon, I think I may have touched a part of it. I'll just quickly touch it again. Love God's people. That's what Philemon uh, verse 5 says. Just love God's people. In uh, Luke chapter 6 verse remember that it's a wonderful scripture you all know it give and it shall be given unto you good measure pressed down shaken together running over for with the measure that you give you will also receive so just give love to God's people love them appreciate them and then he says also in that fifth verse of Philemon that we should share Christ with others Witness for them. God refreshes us as we share our faith with Christ, whether we give people a reason for the hope that is within us. We don't have to pound them. We don't have to try and twist their arms. We don't have to win arguments. We just want to give, when God gives us opportunity, just share Christ with them. Uh, It's like a channel of blessing. You give out and God just pours more in, but he pours it in good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, refreshing, blocked pipes, clog. So open up the pipes, open up by loving God's people, open them up by confessing your sin, open them up by keeping your sin before God, allowing his presence, taking the word of God, standing on it, claiming his promises, confessing them, and then keep people free. He says that in, in verses 15 and 16 of that book of Philemon, about just setting this man was free. Uh, when we set people free, keep them free, let them know... We, even if they sinned against you, even if they wrong you, even if they're talking against you, even if, no matter what, just keep them free. Keep your heart and your attitude right. Love them. Also, not only by keeping people free, but by just releasing them to serve others. So by this I mean here, and this is what part of what Paul was saying here. Once you just let this uh, Anesimus free, he's serving me now. He was your slave. He's now serve, a servant of God, a doula slave. He's with me. I'm going to send him back to you. But my hope is that you'll set him free to serve God with me, serve God with you, serve God with the people of God. We need to make our family. If we're pastors in a church, elders there. We should make our people free, set them free to serve God wherever God wants them. Make them available to the TransLocal team. Make them available to church planting. And this would be another one of those things. You know, when people talk about planting churches in their church they say this is part of our vision and they don't ever plant churches. It doesn't refresh. It actually just drains people. It wearies them. I've been in churches where they just talk about planting churches, never do it. And I can see how it just wearies people, wearies me. So make people available. Keep them free to serve God, to serve Christ. You'll see that in verses 13 and 16 through to 16. And then also practice hospitality. He says, I want to come to you that you may refresh me. So hospitality, practice true hospitality. Make your home. Get just right now, just say, God, I'm, I'm making my home available that I might be hospitable to people. Yes, this is required of elders, but it's required of all of us. That's a sign of maturity, but it also refreshes us. It's not draining if you're doing it with the right motive. It's not draining if you do it where you really practice true hospitality. In other words, like, Were you really welcoming of people that they know you're welcoming, that you're accommodating, that you're respectful, that you're genuine, even if it costs? And then keep yourself encouraged. This is the next little part of being refreshed. Keep yourself encouraged. Remember one time, Samuel 30 verse uh, verse 6, it says, But David, in spite of all that was going on around him, his son had turned against him, he was on the run, whatever, David encouraged himself in the Lord. And that word encouraged also means found strength in the Lord. Strength, energy, invigoration, vitality, vibrancy. In Psalm 42, verses 5 and 11, he says, Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturb within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Saviour and my God. Keep yourself encouraged. And I'll share you with you how you can keep yourself encouraged. Remind yourself of God's goodness. This is another part of keeping refreshed. Just remind yourself every now and then about how God, how he is, his goodness, his promises, his interventions in your life, in the past, in the present, and that's going to be into the future. He is the same yesterday, today and forever. I am the Lord, he said, I do not change what he was, he is what he is, he will be. Forever, into eternity, and if you just take Psalm one hundred and three, I, I cannot believe how the time has gone. Psalm one hundred and three. I suppose I, all I can do is read just a few of those verses. I would like to have read more, but I look at the time. Man, it's just, it's just flying. But Psalm one hundred and three. Remember that. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. Forget not. In other words, remember what He's done. Let me just name a few of them for you. He forgives all your sins. I've got that underland. all. Not some, all. He heals all our diseases. He redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion. He satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed, renewed, refreshed like an eagle. And then he makes known his ways, etc. Let's just go down to, to uh, verse 13, uh, just for the sake of time. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed. He knows our weaknesses, our strengths, what we can cope with. He knows he made us. He knows what's going on inside of us. He remembers we, that we are dust. In verse seventeen, he says, "From everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear Him, and His righteousness with those, with their children's children." And uh, well, time just doesn't allow us to go on. Read that psalm for yourself. Claim it. I look at my back and over my life and think of the number of times I couldn't take. I thought I can't take any more. But I'm here preaching the gospel. I could take more, even though I thought I couldn't. God comes to the rescue over and over and over again. When God, released me from. Certain death, when I got that liver transplant, I determined from that down, I don't want to just waste my time. I I want to keep serving God. I don't want to say, well, I was sick and therefore I can't now serve God. I'm going to serve him with all my heart. So give him everything you've got. Keep your heart pure. You know, he promised us, I will never leave you nor forsake you. But he also promised us he will never allow us to be tempted above what we're able to endure. He will always make a way of escape whereby we are able to endure it. It's like we've got a on the hull of on the uh, the hull of every ship. There's a there's a line called the plimsoll line or the plimsoll mark, and that mark says that when you put you load the cargo on, and it gets the the waterline gets to the water gets to that plimsoll line, no more cargo, no more load. And that's what we've got in a sense. That's what God's saying. Every one of us has one of those lines, and God says, "I'll never let it go beyond." What you can endure always keep you afloat. Never let you sink. That's His promise to us. So count on that. Keep your eyes on Him. Um, <clears throat> Psalm 121. If you read from verse 1 through to 8, which you should, I hope you'll do, I just want to highlight verse 5. It says this, The Lord is the shade of your right at your right hand. The sun will not harm you to, by day, the moon by night. So no matter how hot, whatever the pressure, no matter how dark, God says, I'm your shield. I am there for you. I'll look after you. And you could read 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 16 through to 18. Next one, quickly, keep your eyes on the Lord. Not on the situations, not on the circumstances around you. Just keep your eyes on the Lord. Again, in Isaiah chapter 40. Let me just quickly turn there. Isaiah chapter 40. And... uh, It says, and I want to read verses 30 and 31. Well, I'm going to read verse 20. Well, let me read from verse 28. Do you not know, have you not heard, the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of all of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired and weary and his understanding no one can fathom. I love this. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope is in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. So keep your eyes on Christ, not on the circumstances. When Peter stepped out of the boat boats. He walked on water while his eyes were on Christ, but the moment he looked at the waves, he sank. Keep your eyes on Christ. I'm going to have to do this, uh, just a short little next session. Um, I don't want to make this too long and I don't want to rush too much on the next two or three little points. So Father, I commit your people to you. Help us to keep our eyes on you, to look to you, stand on your word, claim your promises, resist the devil, just stand on what you've said And remember how good you are and that you'll always be there. You never change. Bless every person coming under the sound of this message. Wherever they are in the world, no matter what they're doing, help them to stand and be refreshed by your word, your spirit, your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.